Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome to another isolation edition of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, episode 107. We're too much talking, your pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and calling in from a zooming petting zoo near you, it's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how you doing? Good, Robbie, good. I uh, just got off the phone to my brother. His dog's oh. collapsed in the park. So, yes. Uh, so that's why was- you sent me the quick cryptic, uh, cryptic phone call of saying, uh, can't do it now. Brother's dog's collapsed in park. Call later. And so it's sort of the case where, you know, you, I'm far enough away from my brother that I can't really rush over and go and help out with the, the pet with it, with Wally, his dog. Yep. But, but then I'm close enough where I could rush over, but then I sort of think once you get there, what do you do anyway? You know? So it's all about, you know, what, uh, other than you send. Yeah. Other than telling him what address to go to. Well, that's right. So that's what I ended up doing to them to uh, our good friends at advanced vet care. And hopefully they're on yes. their way now there and under under good care of uh, of the vets there. And hopefully, hopefully Wally's okay. So essentially he's collapsed in the park and uh, diarrhea and uh, very, very weird yeah. sort of symptoms. So, yeah. Yeah. What's, what sort of dog's Wally? Uh, an oodle. I think a cavoodle maybe, cavoodle. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. Right, yeah, how only old? Young. Only young, yeah. Uh, might be three or four years old. He's not, he's not old, old Walt. Young Walt. Oh. Yeah, right, yeah. What's so, your well, what's your shoot from the hip diagnosis, Lewis? Well, the way he sort of stopped, uh, the mention was maybe you know bitten by a bee or something like that. The way he stopped and just wouldn't keep moving. But yeah. then I thought, well, that would normally cause diarrhea. And then when I quizzed him a bit oh, further, yeah, quizzed him a bit further. Um, you know, he'd been ate a bit of horse poo at the Caulfield Race Track a couple of days ago. Oh, yum! Yeah, well, that's sort of tasty. And then he's had one vomit since then. Um, maybe been a bit off the last couple of days. So maybe the diary's just given a bit of tummy cramps and uh, that's what I'm hopeful. Yeah. We'll wait and see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, it's Addison's. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to really, 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 you know, hail Mary it and go Addison's disease. Oh, thanks for turning up the good ones, mate. I just think it's a bit of gastro. It's easy to fix. Addison's. <laughs> Woof. Booyah. It's the first time being unwell. So hopefully it's just a one-off. Uh, yeah. Ah, should be right. Should be right. Um, uh, yeah, it's always hard when you get the phone call from the um, from the family members as far as uh, you know what's what 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 to do and what are you going to because it's you kind of feel compelled that you wish that there was something more that you can do. But you know, even to run out there with your stethoscope and a thermometer, there's then not much more you're going to be able to do other than that. So sometimes it's just a matter of yeah, look, sounds serious enough. Go and get it checked out. And it's just a pain in the bum. It's a Sunday. Well, that's it. Exactly. Sunday and just about to record as well. Sort of everything, everything at once. <laughs> for sure yeah we're um we're very busy here on a sunday you may have uh detected some uh, not not sure whether or not you pick it up from the background but there's some heated um uh zoom football card trading going on in the background ruben zooming uh, a couple of his schoolmates and so they're wheeling and dealing footy cards um over there and ruben doesn't really understand the um the subtleties of the fact that even though they're, they're in a different house that you still don't actually have to shout at them that the computer has a microphone that's actually quite good at being able to pick up a normal voice lewis and be able to transmit it across the airway so he's shouting about trying to get some collingwood footy cards he keeps trying to um just trade all these rich ones but nobody wants them mate <laughs> they're worth a mint mate they don't know what they're they don't know what they're missing out on but tell you, tell you the, the uh the microphone stuff it's a bit like when we used to record it at my house and uh uh, late at night after work and be so loud yelling at each other across uh, across two meters that uh, the yes. kids wouldn't get any sleep remember those days absolutely yeah, yeah that was when we were social distancing when we didn't have to lewis that's right and yelling at each other from two meters 
it's only because we um yeah the the microphone was uh was that small we felt like we had to try and we're either gonna have to be really close sitting on each other's laps or justifiably yeah okay? because that was early on in the podcasting relationship lewis i mean now we're now we could quite easily just sit on each other's lap to record through one little microphone but you know and and and, and that'd be fine but back then you know it was a it was a bit early for that so we had to try and maintain some distance you're right mate you're right and uh, so what else has been happening about to um about to move house yeah, yeah. So we've uh, we're moving back into uh, into the house. The renovations, the inside should be done in a couple of weeks. So we're ready to start packing bags and and starting to move stuff back in there again with the the nice uh, nice gaudy paint smell of a newly in, uh, newly painted inside. But the uh, still all the outside just an absolute dirt pit. So the, the good part is we're going to get to move in in winter. Oh yeah, you're grimacing. I've cut out a bit. Yeah, going in out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of going in and out, you know, so we're moving in and moving back into the house. So we're going, you know, in and out, trying to take boxes in and out. So very nice, mate. Very, very well done. Excellent. Yeah. Um, hey, one thing, one thing we did see the other day, um, and I'm interested to get your opinion on this. We were walking down, um, uh, walking down the the road, and there was a a guy. Walk a man and all they walk walking. He's like, yeah, it's social isolation. So yeah, they're from the same house. They're walking their dog. There was a cat walking about five meters behind them and just kept walking down the road after them. It was their cat and they're just walking it down the road uh you know no lead no, had the dog on a lead but no cat on a lead and i thought geez that's um you know great that the cat wants to follow you but man i just think that's a little bit uh surely asking for trouble having a cat off lead walking behind you i'm not sure what the uh that the whether or not the council's got uh, good legislation in place, Lewis, to try and make sure that all animals being walked down the road are, are on a lead. Like, if you're walking a piggy pig down the road, do they have to be on a lead or can they be as free reign as the cats? Didn't there used to be a pig that was walking down Parkdale Way and had to be on a lead? Was it Parkdale? We talked about it in an episode once, didn't we? In Parkdale? Not sure. Not was sure. I know Rex Hunt lives in Parkdale, so it might have been him. Or was it maybe Frankston anyway? It was it a pig? Maybe it's packing them. Who knows? Anyway, but yeah, talking of, if you're talking about uh, cats going down down the road, Olive, if we go to yeah. with the girls for a walk down to the park down the road, she'll follow us. Like we have to be really, really careful because it, it does worry us that you know if she gets to a certain house and a dog runs at the fence or something like that, she she might kill the dog essentially. Yeah. <laughs> we know what she's like, Lewis. You know, especially if that dog tries to take a blood sample from her or something like that. Tries to give her a tablet. Gee whiz, it'd be all over for the poor dog. Yeah, or trim her toenails. Or even put it, put some uh, some flea, some reputable flea product on the back of the neck. She 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 will let you know about it. So as long as the dog's not trying to do that, it's in for a chance. But yeah, you know, dog tries to do any sort of preventative care for the cat, and it's game over. It's game over, man. Game over. Exactly. Well, in, in these days of COVID, you're not meant to get your nails done anyway. So, so I think she's pretty safe with that. <laughs> hey, um, another funny thing that we had, um, or yeah, you because know, with the home, um, home learning, not homeschooling, yeah, you know, that we've got going on at the moment. The um, uh, Christina was telling me a story about uh, the Christina and the kids were walking down the park um, the other day. So I'm just trying to work out where you've gone. I can't find you anymore. Hang on. Right Bang! Here. There all, you are. All here, mate. Um, all good. Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, so Christina was um, telling me that uh, so uh, a couple of um, couple of months ago, um, Ruben was at a at a party you know, back before all the COVID stuff, um, and he's he's standing with his um, with his hands sort of crossed in front of his uh, 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 crossed in front of him, sort of just in front of his bit, in a spot where a six year old boy would potentially you know be holding on to something should they need to do a wee. And I said, mate, you need to go to the toilet. He's gone, no, 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 I don't have to go to the toilet. Are you sure? No, no, I definitely don't have to go to the toilet. I'm just standing fancy. I go, you, you what? He said, I'm, I'm standing fancy, dad. I said, I'm like you, you know, when you're, and I thought, holy crap, he's real. I've realized that, you know, when you, when you stand there talking to people and you have your arms crossed, that sometimes from a body language point of view, it's not very good. So I try and sort of put my hands, you know, sort of hand in, hand in hand, but, you know, just sort of drop it down waist level. And so as far as Ruben was concerned, that was called standing fancy. So I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. Ruben reckons that I'm, that I'm standing fancy. That's quite good. It's quite observing. Um, so then a couple of weeks later, he actually confessed to me that the reason why he was standing fancy was because he'd gone over to the table at the party and knocked off a whole lot of m&ms and he had them there in his hand he didn't want to see me sticking the m&ms in his mouth so he's standing there so he's standing fancy trying to hide all the m&ms in his hand 
So, so then it's become a bit of a running joke about, oh, you know, oh yeah, you're standing fancy you know, because you're hold, hiding wallets. So we're walking at the Offaly Dog Park and there's this little dog walking and um, Ruben's up to this dog and gone, Mummy, is that dog walking fancy? Says this, um, this little dog that's walking with its back, you know, back legs just swaying out like crazy. And Camille just says, yeah, very loud to where the owner can nah, it's probably just got hip dysplasia. It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, Christina said, yeah, you're probably right with that diagnosis, darling. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, come on, let's, let's move away before the owner starts trying to, you know, think we're making uh, accusations about their pet's health. Move along, kitties. Move along. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Yeah. So, yeah, from so the mouths of, fans, have you ever... From the mouths of babes, mate, hey? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever uh, ever noticed dogs, uh, you know, walking fancy down at the, down at the off-leg dog park, Lewis, and had to, had to bite your lip? Oh, often, often. I reckon you see a lameness quite often down at the park and the girls will be like, oh, Dad, what's wrong with that dog? Like, yeah, that's a patella. That's a luxating patella. <laughs> yes. The we patella's get, get the golden bit. one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And there are a lot of dogs I think we, you see and you sort of feel a little bit sorry for them. You're like, oh, well, gee whiz, that dog's actually really, really sore. Could do with some, some vet attention, but you, you, know, you just don't know where the owners stand or maybe they have got attention, just can't afford any further treatment. It's hard to know, isn't it, sometimes? It is, yeah, and you, and you need to be careful. Like I've sort of opened my mouth a couple of times at uh, dogs at the off league dog park, particularly when they're chasing around sticks and things like that. Yes, um, like I, I, you know, I saw a dog that was. Um, I, I had to pull a, a stick out from underneath the dog's tongue a couple of years ago, and uh, and about a week later, I saw this staffy running around with this big massive stick in its mouth and not carrying it in the in the middle of the stick you know carrying it right at the end and i said to the owner look not for nothing i'm a vet and i've just pulled this big shard of stick out underneath the dog's tongue that was running around like that don't you do it very good thank you very much yeah you know, yes. enjoy enjoy your walk thank oh, exactly. you That's- uh, yeah spot on so yeah uh, yesterday i went uh down the beach still had a educational project she's doing through homeschooling, I suppose, where she has to, I don't know what she's right. doing, some project about rubbish in the bay. So she was out actually snorkeling down at the bay. And so I was, I was sitting on the beach just watching her, making sure she's okay. Sitting and exercising and education, yes. all the things we're allowed to do all in one. And um, That's right. That's good. Certainly not sunbaking. <laughs> and and this, this lady sort of came along and was sort of mentioned something to me or something and she's like, oh, sorry, and came up next to me and picked a stick up off the beach right next to me to throw for a dog. And I nearly, just nearly exactly like yourself, just had to bite my tongue. I didn't, I thought, no, look, I really don't want to get into anything like this. Please don't throw sticks for your dog though, if you're listening. It's, we see yeah. too many. I reckon we see one, oh, I reckon we see one every couple of months at, at Port at Port Melbourne where the stick's gone and jammed right. in the back of the throat there and, and they've impaled themselves really? or, or something. Oh yeah. Quite common. Yeah. Quite commonly. So, but uh, talking about wow. COVID issues, yes. I've seen there's things that, that happened with COVID and, and being a vet that I think don't know if they've affected you. So uh, for me, a classic case, maybe for Wally, you know, he's got a bit of gastro classic food. You'll say, look, what, you know, feed for five days. What do you normally say, mate? What's your normal feed I- the dog? Chicken and rice, a little bit of fiber. Ch- chicken and rice. So, so normally I go yep. chicken and white rice is my go-to. And right, recently yes. I've had quite a few people saying, "Is it okay if it's brown rice?" And I thought, "Is there? Is there? Is it because it's the um because there's been a hoarding of the white rice that people are now having to resort to the more fibrous, more husk, red, oh, red, um, brown <laughs> rice." The white and red, the brown rice. And so I was like, yes. it, does that really matter? I don't think it does matter, but just maybe an effect of COVID that there's no white rice on the shelves or maybe they can't get enough. They're only allowed to buy the one packet and it's not enough for them and the dog. So they give you the dog, the brown rice. Brown rice, quite possibly. I mean, I think the main thing with brown rice is just that, as you say, it has got the fiber in there. And because that's always the hard part when you're only using the white rice, because the white rice has got bugger all fiber in there. So I usually get people to try and uh, try and add a little bit of fiber to it. But you could probably just go with the brown rice in there. You just got to cook it for a little bit longer, I believe, Lewis. So because it's because uh, it, it cooks longer than what it does with the uh, with the um, the white rice. We, we've got a nice stash of brown rice there when yeah, we couldn't get any white rice. And so now we've got a, a, a bit of brown and we've got to try and work out, right, so how long do we cook the brown basmati for, you know? 
Well, I think that's maybe the thing. People have hoarded up on the brown because there was no white, and now they, they think it's a perfect yes. opportunity to use it. But I think my theory about the white rice is it's low residue, so you know it all gets absorbed and nothing actually comes through, so it helps slow down the gut. That's my theory. But anyway, so there's an oh, effect, sure. another an unknown effect of COVID that we've had in the vet profession. Yeah, or we've um speaking of, of hoarding and things, Christina's been asking me to try. Yeah, this is completely non-veterinary related, but it's about hoarding. Um, so Christina's been because she bakes a lot of a lot of sourdough bread now. And she's going, I need some flour, I need flour. And so that's we went to very, our local That's a very big trend on the socials, the sourdough bread. Banana bread as well. Uh, well, I do the banana bread, but um, but Christina does that does the sourdough. But mate, she's been making making banana bread since before a bat was even eaten in Wuhan. So you know, there's no you know, there's, this is all the all these you know new newfangled sourdough makers. Oh, Christina's been doing it for for months before COVID. Months. Oh, sure, mate, sure. That's that's a good way to get out of that one. <laughs> So I was in, a, I was in the local, I was in the IGA around the corner from work. I was in there. Um, and so Christina's on the shopping and said, get me some, get me some um, flour. I need some plain flour. I go, okay, right. So I've gone in there and they've got the, um, the, the limit of, of only two per, per person. They had no one kilo bags of rice, but they had 12 and a half kilogram bags of rice. And look, look, what in the bloody hell is this? That's the biggest loaf or the biggest you know, thing of flour I've ever seen. Um, so I'm walking around, um, you know, said, uh, I've got to get a packet of pasta as well. So I'm walking out the pasta aisle and there's a five kilogram bag of pasta. Like I've never seen a five kilogram bag of penne before in my wow. life. And so I'm looking at it and the, um, the, the store guys looked at me and said, is there anything I can help you with, sir? I go, no, I'm all right, man. I've just never seen a bag of pasta that big. He said, Oh, have you seen the the packs of uh, of uh, of flour? I said I did. As a matter of fact, he said when I saw them come in, I thought, "Are we selling? Are we selling concrete here now? Are we turning into Bunnings?" So it's, it's just bizarre that you know. So of all the hoarding, now all of a sudden we've got these big concrete bags of flour and five kilogram bags of pasta. I did buy one of the five kilogram bags of pasta, and Ruben had it knocked off in a night. So you know, you have to go back there and because you're allowed to buy two, Lewis. So I can go in there and get another one. Well, the good, good, good thing is, uh, you know, I think it's all the the Instagram influencers, mate, that are they're making the sourdough bread and that they're buying up the big loads of, of flour, obviously. So, so great to see the the uh, the Anders the uh, the Anderson household also brought into the Instagram influencer thing with Christina. There, she she putting photos on on social for that sort of thing, kind of. You know, this is the oh, best oh, one oh. I've made so far. This is this Listen, is my oh, favorite. She- she even does it with the um, as a video, so then she can she can hear the the tunk tunk tunk, the sort of that hollow crusty sound as it first comes out of the oven, Lewis. That's you know? great. And does, great. She, oh, just... does she then get the kids to bite it and then film them when they cut their hard palate on the crusty crusty edge? <laughs> <laughs> well, she she made a fruit loaf yesterday and completely burnt the ass out of it, and so or out of the um the the fruit the fruit on the top was all it was all a little bit burny a little little uh, over caramelized. You know when you go from caramelized to charcoal, you know there's that there's that sort of uh, that that real fine line between caramelization and and carbonization. We we got a little bit too close to the carbonization. Like inside it was fine, but on the outside it was a little a little carbon. Yeah, a little carbon dated Lewis. So um nice. so the kids are biting down on that one. Going, no, what? That's all right. Yeah, you can pull those what? bits off, kids. Well, uh, speaking of uh, edible things, we had a racing pigeon at work this week. (laughs) (laughs) Edible, (laughs) not not racing no more. You know, well, was well, well, it could have. It was quite, it was quite fit, and we got got in at work and um and thought that's a bit weird. I think Carl saw it one night late at night and had a ring on it with the the bloke's phone number. And so next day he thought, he thought I'll leave for Lewis to follow this up because he'll love it. So of course I rang him up and uh, the, the the guy said, I said to him, Oh, I've got one of your your racing pigeons here. And he goes, yeah, is it a yellow one? And I said, well, well mate, I'm looking at it now. It looks like it's, it's brown and white to me. He goes, yeah, that's a yellow one. I've got, Oh, okay. Right. He goes, yeah, yeah. That's my lazy pigeon. It's like, Oh, (laughs) Lazy pigeon. The- he goes, yeah, he goes, that one that one just gives up. He goes, Oh, I had a bit of an issue in the he was he lives in Roxburgh Park. So Roxburgh right. Park for, to Port Melbourne, for those who don't know, is probably as the racing pigeon flies. Pigeon flies. Yeah. Might be uh 15, 20 Ks, maybe, I'd imagine. Probably direct. So that's a that's not too far. But he reckons he let them out in the backyard just to have a I don't know, maybe feed them or I don't know what they were doing. It was his English wasn't his first language, so it was a little bit of a struggle to understand what the pigeon was doing. But um, 
but he let them out in the backyard and I think an eagle flew overhead and actually scattered and scared them all. And the day it was lost was a really windy day. And so I think the bird, the, yes. yeah, got, got up in the air and just got blown down to Port Melbourne. And then it's come to, come to, we got in the clinic and, geez, I was loving the food. It was really hoeing into the seed we were giving it. So um, so I don't know how fit it was by the time it got back because probably put on three kilos and eating, <laughs> eating all, all our bird seed we were giving it. And the, and then the funny thing was I rang the guy and he said, oh, look, I, I don't know that I can actually come and collect the pigeon because I'm worried I'm going to get pulled over by the police. And they're going to say, why are you out of your home? And he's going to say, oh, I'm going down to Port Melbourne to pick up my pigeon. It's not really a essential service, is it? Yeah. Is that one of the four things? You know, there's there's work, education, exercise, and shopping. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he might have been going to go and buy the pigeon, Lewis, you know? So enough, still enough people going. On... Well, is there, I wonder if there's a shortage of pigeon pie in Roxborough Park, and he could have said that he needed to make the trip to, to, to get some pigeon. Arnie Flo's coming around and she, she doesn't like a low tide pigeon pie, you know, and especially the lazy ones. The lazy ones make for the best eating, Lewis. They do. Well, this one had three kilos of, of seeds. So I reckon it'd be, be really, you know, fattened up well, really well fattened up. It's going to find it hard trying to, uh, trying to escape off the, uh, you know, the, 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 the gravitational pull of the earth then with all the seed you feed it. Yeah, I know, exactly. Well, it wasn't so windy. So we suggested letting it go and he said, no, I don't think it'll fly back. It's just going gonna, gonna to stay with you because we got good feed at our joint. That's for sure. Yeah. But speaking it's of, just starts circling around. Yeah. Speaking of feed, we have got a fantastic sponsor for food, haven't we? We sure do. Delicate care. You know, I've, um, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, at the cat's, the cat's uh, food dish here right right next to me, Lewis. I'll turn the camera around so you can, so you can see. There, there oh, it is yeah. in a plastic container. The, dent, the dental food, the little, um, uh, you know, X-shaped uh, dental food. The cats are still loving that. Is that, is, that really that's rest, is that the TV resting on top of it there? It is. That's how strong the, the bits of dental food are, Lewis. <laughs> and that's the way that it works. Right? Not many people know this. So the way that the dental food actually works is that it need, you need to bite down hard on it. So the, the delicate care food is so hard you can actually sit your TV on it and, and it won't crumble. So, so that's how good it is for your cat's food. Do you reckon Andre's actually going to listen to this? Because if he is, he probably doesn't want us saying that the food's so hard that you can sit your TV on it. But it, we've not, we haven't said this before, so it's not bad for a live read. Well, the cats love it. The cats love it. Oh, Olive loves the dental. She really gets a crunch in it, so it can't be that heavy. can't be that hard to bite into. But it's Australian-made, Australian-owned. Um, it's got no pigeons in it, but it has got other things, hasn't it? It, it has. I think it, the, the dental one's got chicken in it. But the uh, the sensitive skin and stomach one for uh, great for allergies uh, and for uh, for gut problems. That's a, that's a duck and kangaroo based diet, Lewis. Yeah, it is, mate. Fantastic, and really, really appreciate their support. They've signed on for another six months, which is awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, really appreciate it. Happy days. Great, great yeah, food. See whether it. We're all about getting uh, we're all about getting Australian products now these days and trying to shop local and and support people. Well, there's a food that you can buy locally that's it's vet recommended. Well, we're vets, so we recommend it. Um, so so get onto it. Sure. And do. of course, of course, we're also a big supporter uh, uh, supporters of the show is Zilkeen, which is actually something I'm going to bring up a little bit later when we talk about our main topic of separation anxiety. Really, really good. Um, mild anxiety lowering supplement that you can give your dog or your cat if they are possibly going to show signs of separation anxiety when we all hopefully get out of lockdown and go back to work. So, yeah, so we're going to be starting it for Rosie and the cats this week uh, in order to try and help to ease their transition, Lewis, for when we move back to, uh, move back to our original abode. Excellent. And I just got a text message from my brother. The vet has checked Wally and he's all okay. So that's good news. Good news, everyone. Sure, listeners were sitting on the edge of their seats waiting for that news. Oh, so it's not Addison's? Well, well we haven't, I it's don't not think Addison's. Run, I, don't oh, think crap. Run, I don't think they've run the electrolytes yet, but, uh, but it all seems good so far. So now, of course, a big thank you to our Patreon supporters. We'll um, wait for Robbie to come back on board. I think his internet's playing up. So big thank you to Patreon. Uh, really appreciate uh, you guys coming on board. If, you, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com, Two Vets Talk Pets. Now, this week in the news, mate, did you want to talk about COVID first or, so, or something else? Oh, all righty. So have you seen the article put out by Chief Veterinarian, Mark Ship? No. 
Yeah, so there was an article that came out this week in the ABC News, and I think I've officially lost Robbie, so I will keep talking, um, was um, uh, the ABC News, and um, it was that um, he was saying, and I think he's gone a little bit too far, in that he's saying that there's there's been a new sort of uh, couple of cases where cats have actually caught COVID-19, haven't there? So there's been, obviously there's those uh, those big cats that were in the Bronx Zoo. I think about eight of them ended up catching COVID. And also there's been two cats did in New York. Did they test them or? Yes. Oh, they yes. did test the others, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's been two cats in New York now that have also tested positive for COVID-19. I think one of the cats was unknown where it caught it from. And the second cat was uh, living with someone who in their household had, had COVID-19. Um, so... <sighs> it sort of raises a few issues. I mean, there's so many things sort of going on and, and there's a big you know, hype that, oh, no, cats can catch it. And these cats both had symptoms of respiratory signs, you know, a little bit of, uh, I think one right. cat was coughing, uh, mild respiratory signs. Um, and the concern was, you know, that, that cats can potentially catch COVID-19 from their owners. Now, the really important thing to go with that is to make sure that there's no evidence that we as humans can catch it back from our cats. That's really yeah. important to, to appreciate. Um, and I think then the, the Mar, uh, Dr. Mark Ship, the chief veterinarian for a uh, vet, veterinary in Australia, has actually gone a bit further and said that if you're unwell with COVID, that you should actually not be interacting with your cats anymore. Whoa. And, and it, yeah, I know, and actually came out with on the ABC News as um, cats, this was the headline, cats can get coronavirus and should be separated from owners who test positive, Chief Vet says. Now, I thought that was pretty full-on sort, right. um, sort of way out, way to go i mean number one that the cats can get coronavirus we do sort of assume that perhaps you know what's that 10 eight tigers and maybe two or three uh domestic cats that have actually come up positive for it we're not yeah totally sure how many cats really catch it there is some testing now available um certainly in america the uk and australia i believe but it's a case of if if you want to test your cat, you need to anaesthetize them to actually get that back of the mouth, back of the, the nasopharynx swab done. So oh, it's not an easy, easy thing. You can just line them up at the drive-in clinic and, uh, and swab them all and, and, and then off we go. So uh, look, it's complicated to get around sort of where this was all at. And I really felt maybe the chief vet, Dr. Mark Ship, had perhaps gone a little bit too far. So I actually got onto him on Twitter and I said, mate. Uh, oh, yes. Twitter war. Yeah, well, I said, mate, are you happy with, with how you've been quoted in this article? And I haven't got the copy of what he actually wrote back to me, but, yeah, essentially he said, yeah, he was. So I thought that's really interesting that, that his sort of opinion is if you've got COVID-19, um, you, you, really, um, you really should be separating yourself from your cat. And, I mean, he's, got, he's gone as far as to say that your cat should go and move, live somewhere else while, you, while you're recovering from COVID-19. And uh, I suppose... Yo, that's what. Are, what are your thoughts, mate? I'm putting you on the spot. What do you think? I uh, I figure my response is probably going to be the same as what you're intimating, which is it sounds like a pretty heavy-handed approach to something that doesn't really seem like a major problem or issue. You know, I think it's um, yes, cats. You know, okay, so cats can get it. We knew the cats could get um, could get SARS. We knew the cats could get MERS. So there was probably going to be a um, a chance that cats could get felines could get um, could get COVID nineteen uh, the COVID nineteen virus. Um, unless you were going to be testing every cat of every COVID nineteen positive person, you don't really have an idea of just how many cats are actually uh, are actually seropositive to it, you know, because you'd think that there's going to be a lot of other people with animals, um, or, uh, both dogs and cats, that are going to have had COVID that are going to have been home isolated. Um, I think particularly here in Australia, I think the, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it sounds like it's, it's, it's a typical, um, you know, a bazooka approach, I think, to say, right, that's it. We're not, we're not 100% sure, so just don't do it. We're not 100% sure, so don't go near your cats because it's going to be safer for us to say that than for us to say anything else. 
Yeah, I think it's quite blanket. I mean, certainly from an Australian perspective, we've got thankfully such low numbers of infection in humans in our um, certainly in our in society essentially that that the chances of you know our cats picking it up would appear to be quite low at this stage. You know, um, and and the, the cats that have actually got it have got such a mild case of it that. Uh, that you know they've all all seem to have survived and all as far as we know seem to be well there seems to be it's not a um um uh, such a worrying disease for them where you know we're putting cats on ventilators or, or things like that we're we're fighting we're we're fighting humans for ventilators for our cats that's not we're certainly not at that stage yeah. at, at all and and i just just really worry about a real knee-jerk reaction of you know anybody's got a cat's going to get rid of it because you know it may there's potential of anything going on with covid with my cat i've got to get rid of it that should not be anything that comes out in any of the media at all. Certainly, certainly at this stage, it is totally fine to have your cat. And if you are unwell with with a cat, you know, with with uh, a cold or flu or COVID or whatever it might be, it's just good hygiene probably to try and perhaps minimise your contact with your cat. But I certainly my recommendation would be that you you go over to your vet and you say, hey vet, what are you going, you know, what are you going to do with my cat, you know, now sort of thing. I, I think. Um, you know, just it's just normal basic hygiene. Until we know more information, I certainly wouldn't be wouldn't mean telling people that they need to board their cat or get rid of their cat if they're unwell. And to be perfectly honest, if you've if you've got COVID and you've got a cat that then you want to say, well, hang on, what am I going to do with Felix? Who are you going to ring up and say, oh, hey, can you come and get my cat? Because look, I've got COVID. And then look, there might be a chance that the cat might have had COVID, right? But it, it'll be fine because the chief veterinary officer has said that I can't have my cat. So can you come and pick up the cat and look after him for me? Like that's, I think that's ludicrous. And just keep cats where you are because if your cat's going to get it, your cat's going to get it. And unless there's a chance that you're going to catch it back off your cat again, it's a dead end. It's a dead end host. Exactly. I think his recommendation is actually contact your vet. He'll be able to look after the cat for you, mate. So you might be getting a few <laughs> phone calls this week. You can turn. <laughs> yes. You can turn that newly renovated house of yours, kick the kids out of their, their uh, the bedroom, and you can be the the, the COVID. Uh, have all everyone who was unwell with COVID bring their cats to you, mate. What do you think? The COVID cattery, the cozy COVID cattery, Lewis. That's catchy. That's catchy. That's so catchy. Oh, hopefully not too catchy. <laughs> it nice. should, shouldn't be catchy at all. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I see what you're that doing there, mate. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, good. Um, so actually, I got another no, text from my brother. Yeah, I hadn't. I hadn't. I hadn't. Yep. Update from my brother. Breaking news. Pretty floppy oh, in the breaking car. Breaking news. But did perk up when we actually? Am I allowed to say this? This is uh This is pri- Is it private? Uh, confidential client client vet relationship am i allowed to say this oh, i will anyway pretty <laughs> floppy in the car but did perk up when we got him out looking around checking out what was going on thanks again all right sounds good sounds good so i think they are at the vet by the of it. yeah excellent so there you go so that's a little bit on what came out about uh covid for this week and also have you seen this new you lost me. Well, I'll just keep talking because I think I keep keep recording. Have you seen this new article that came this week about uh, dog owners? Um, it's a, it's a bit of a craze that's gone on Instagram and similar to the no. sourdough. Actually, Christina might have yeah. a video of this for for influencers that. Uh, I'm laying the boot into Christina a bit. I better be careful. She's a big fan of the podcast and definitely. Hi, yeah. Christina. It's all in good, good fun. But I know you're a big influencer on Instagram. You, Christina is, and uh, <laughs> and and along with her Salda, has she been doing any of the uh, the new nail trimming of dogs uh, sort of sort of sequence? No, no. What's what? Tell me about that. Well, so there's a, there's a new thing on on well, I've seen on the social media where people have trouble trimming their dog's nails is essentially what they do. And I suppose I, um, they, they wrap their forehead in glad wrap. So wrap it around their head. Lots of, lots of glad wrap sort of around the top of their head. I know this is just Hang on, the, with own, me. the owner or the dog. Yeah, the the, the dog. <laughs> yeah. We'll start with the owner. Start with the owner. Okay. They wrap, they wrap glad wrap around their head and, right. uh, and then actually I probably wouldn't need the glad wrap. But anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. Wrap the glad wrap. <laughs> 
wrap the glad wrap around their head, and then they smear peanut butter onto their forehead. So you got this picture. So you got someone glad wrap around their head, and then they're smearing peanut butter on the forehead. And then the the idea, and this is what the video shows, is the dogs are then licking the peanut butter off their forehead. And then they are able to, while the dog's distracted licking their forehead, they can then trim the front nails on the dog. Right. Yeah. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. Yeah, well, well, it is. And it gets it gets a lot of likes. Christina would know. It's, it's like it's like that sourdough with the nice, big, airy bubbles in it and the crusty crust that really gets into your hard yeah. palate. It's like that. Yes, that. That 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 hard palately tearing crustiness on the top of it. It's, it's the same as that. Could, could it, if you were to put some of that crusty sourdough on top of your your head and then put the peanut butter on that, you could get you could get both parties there, Lewis. You get the sourdough influences as well as the peanut butter influences. Oh, the the dog dog nail trimmers. Oh, I like it, mate. Oh, you really, really, and and then probably probably if you're doing some exercises like you're doing, you know, some some downward dog or something, then you also get the uh, the fit people as well, the fit spos. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you, know, you can. I can see it now. It's um, it's all about trying to bring communities together, Lewis. It is. And, and, if you got, and if you got the vegan peanut butter, it'd be even better, I imagine. <laughs> peanut butter's vegan anyway. Is it? Yeah. Peanut butter, peanut butter is vegan. Is it? Fantastic. There you Absolutely. go. So the yes. vegan people, be, veganism. V- veganisms would be all over it. But what I'm trying to say is yeah. don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Why I mean, not? Give me a good reason why not, Lewis. I'm, I'm, I'm about to run out and put some of the, some of the great, you know, uh, non-vegan uh, you know, uh, smooth peanut butter on my forehead right now just to see what Rosie's going to do. Well, usually the reason you're doing it in the first place is your dog's already a bit fearful and a bit worried about you cutting their nails. So that's why you're doing it. And I, and I like the idea of yep. giving them peanut butter and giving them a treat and giving them you know, all that sort of thing when you're cutting their nails and distracting them. But it worries me that your dog's already fearful and anxious about you cutting their nails. And then yeah, you're putting stuff on your forehead and you're not able to watch their body language to what how they're feeling. Oh. So they might still be licking but still not happy yep. about it. The second, so, so that's the first thing is you're really not, you know, not potentially treating the problem. The big risk of getting of getting bitten, if uh, if if uh, yeah, if, if you're doing it, your dog's dog's not really liking, and you cannot watch their their body language at all. But mate, how about if you make a mistake? Now, have you being a vet, Robbie? You're a vet of twenty years experience. You're the man of the moment. Yes. I've brought my dog into you. It's right. got nails to trim. Yes. And I, when I'm yes. at home, mate, I always make them bleed. I can never, you know, they always bleed at my home. I give my dog to you. You can guarantee me that you'll never make a nail bleed, can't you, mate? Oh, I can absolutely guarantee that I cannot guarantee that. Exactly. We've all made a mistake. Well, it's not a mistake. It just happens, doesn't it? Where we're all Anatomical. The, yeah, all hit the blood vessel. We've all hit the nail. And what do the dogs do when we do that? Oh, they jump. Yep. They, they jump, they squeal, bite. and then they bleed. Yeah, yeah, and they could bite too. And what's right Absolutely. next to their head? What's right next to their head when you make that mistake? Your head. Yeah. Um, uh, what's, um, are there any uh, known properties of peanut butter being able to try and aid coagulation of uh, human forwards when dogs' canines go through it? Yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't, well, I'd be worried about it in anaphylactic response because if if you did have a peanut butter allergy and the dog bit you and it injected some of the oh peanut butter goodness. into you, that'd be an issue too. So that's why you shouldn't do it as well. Could you imagine that the um the the poor emergency service people that are run off their feet anyway have to come to your house or call out to your house where you're someone that's got a peanut allergy, you've got a you've got three epipens sticking out of your thighs. Hang on, mate. I'm going to have to cut it off for a sec. I've got a call from Vance Vicky. Hang on. Go for it. Hello, Lewis speaking. Hey, Warren, how are you going? Oh, fantastic. Yes, yeah, yes. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I wasn't there, but yes, that sounds right. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, right. Good. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yep. Yep. Okay. Oh, that sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much for letting me know. And thanks for the call too. That's great. No, that's 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 great news. He's in good hands. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, thank you so much. No, that's that's awesome. Thanks so much for the call. All right. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much. Warren, wasn't it? Warren? Yeah. Yep, perfect. Thank you so much, Warren. Really appreciate it. Okay, see ya. Bye. 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 All right. Yeah, that's right. You there? I'm here. Can you so, yeah, Sorry about that, mate. Yeah, Addison's. Yeah, that's you're right. right. Spot on. Woo! Picked it. <laughs> ah. No. All right. I better start. So... Sorry about that, uh, listeners. I just got a phone call from the the vet advanced vet. Yeah, this just shows how live this podcast actually is. So live it is, and uh, and a, 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 a nice uh, phone call from a big shout out to Dr. Warren McInnes at Advanced Vet Care for giving. Oh, Warren, yeah, you know Warren. Oh yeah, well I know of him. Yeah, heard of him. I've certainly heard of him. Very nice guy, and said that he thinks perhaps Wally has been bitten on his lip by a bee or an insect of some sort. He's got a bit of a thickened lip. His heart rate's a little bit up, um, and he's checked him over. Temperature's normal, so he's going to give him a, a couple of medications. Watch him for a couple of hours, and uh, and then he's going to be good to go home. So there you go, listeners. There is how our lives work in real time. <laughs> So so um, much so, and, and 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 no no go, yeah, and so so much so that I've got no idea where we're up to. What were we talking about? Uh, that's a great question. So um, we were smearing peanut butter on our heads. We were we had, oh, we had yes. an anaphylactic reaction. Yes. Um. Uh. And um. EpiPens, yeah, which is actually quite timely if you if if Wally's just had an allergic reaction to a bee sting. I agree, mate. I yeah. agree. Hopefully, you're not jamming the EpiPen in there. I think it, it might be a bit of just a bit of Dex and uh, Dex and antihistamine might be the guy. Antihistamine. Hopefully, uh, hopefully not the EpiPen. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. All right. <laughs> now, what else we got to talk about, mate? I don't know where we're up to. That's a, that's a great question. I've got to try and pull up my other screen to try and see what's happening on the run sheet. Um, let's see. Uh, din 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 din. Um, Oh, what have you got with the llama Zoom thing? Oh, now, hang on. You my brother's ringing me now. Brother's ringing me now. I better go, go get that it. call too. <laughs> get, get him live. That's, all get right. Hang on, listeners. I've just got to take the call. Hey, mate. Yeah, good. Thanks. Sorry, mate. I'm just in the middle of recording the podcast. That's all good. I've spoken to... Yeah, I spoke to Warren. Yeah, very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sounds fantastic, mate. He's doing the right thing. I think he's... um. He's uh, uh, he's given antihistamine and a and a, a steroid injection. Yeah, um, he thinks he's bitten by an insect. He did a little. He said he did a little ultrasound quickly with no charge as well, and that seemed all fine. So that's good. Have have done an ultrasound. Yeah, free charge. So that's good, mate. And um, yeah, no, he's in good hands. I think so. All good. You, you... Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can sense up. Yep. Yeah. Okay, mate. Cheers, buddy. See ya. Leave it. Right, right. So there's my brother Reem now just saying that the that now the vet's spoken to me. Can he give his consent to treat Wally with what the vet they were gonna what the vet said they were gonna treat with? So I'm like, well, yeah, Warren, he knows what he's talking about. Did you want me to jump on and get and give Warren and your brother my consent as well? I mean, credit we can have like a three three way consensual you know thing. Credit to Warren. I mean, as a vet, we do know how frustrating it is when there's a third party involved in negotiation, not negotiations, but treatment plans and, and yes. all that sort of stuff. And you're like, well, I told you about it. Can't you talk to the partner who can then tell me, you know, like there's a whole thing and, and he's had to, he's had to have that today. So massive shout out to Dr. McKin Warren. Thanks mate. Really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Good on you, Wazza. Wazza looking uh, after Wally. 
So yes, yeah, thank you very much. And it's a, it's actually speaking of dogs, it's a dog breakfast of a podcast now, isn't it? Just total interruptions <laughs> everywhere. Alrighty, well, I, I reckon, uh, I reckon we might um, hit the disclaimer, mate. Then we might go for a short break. What do you reckon? That that sounds awesome, mate. Let me just pull up that that exact disclaimer. All advice on this show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian, especially if he's a brother or if it's Dr. Warren McInnes from Advanced Vet Care, before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continue advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything. If you need any clarification. If you need a third opinion or a fourth opinion, um, because um, that'll all be great. Hey, um, have you went the um, just to sort of quickly segue before we go for our break? Um, this whole ultrasounding of gallbladders um, for allergic reactions. You know, I seem to miss the boat on that. All of a sudden, all these emergency people were talking about doing uh, ultrasounds looking for um, edema of the gallbladder wall when you've got an allergic reaction. Have you heard of that or, you know, been uh, party to that new information? No, it's interesting, mate, that you say that because that's exactly what he said on the phone. I didn't bring that up. He'd done a quick ultrasound and checked the gallbladder yes. and there was a bit of edema around the gallbladder, which is often seen with, with insect reactions. And I, I nodded my head and I, I sure, that's, that's, yeah. No, news to me, mate. News to me. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I, um, I had a, I got a report back from, um, for an emergency clinic around the around the corner from us, and um, they said, oh yeah, uh, saw edema around the gallbladder, and so therefore, yeah, it's likely an allergic reaction. I go, What's this BS? You know, kids these days swelling <laughs> around an edema around a gallbladder when you've been bitten by a bee. What a load of BS. Oh, and then I did some running. I go, oh yeah, okay, righty-o. So you can actually see pictures of it. Yeah. Well, we'll also we'll have a short break and then after the break, Robbie will come back and tell us all about bee stings and edema around gallbladders. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe you can talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week. But when we come back after the break, I'll be talking about separation anxiety and COVID. Hey, Robbie. Have you heard about a new service called Gap Only? Oh, a little bit. What's it all about? Well, look, we're actually organising it at my clinic at the moment, and basically what it means is that pet owners that have an eligible pet insurance policy, they can claim on the spot while they're still at the clinic. No way. So for clients at your clinic with eligible claims, they don't have to pay the full vet invoice, just the gap amount not covered by their pet insurance policy? That's right, mate. On the spot. Wow, that sounds pretty rad, man. Rad? That's very 80s, dude. I was more a, more a sort of cowabunga, righteous kind of guy myself. <laughs> but you know what? To find your nearest participating vet or pet insurance partner, visit gaponly.com.au. That's G-A-P-O-N-L-Y.com.au. T's and C's applies. Visit gaponly.com.au for further information. Gap Only! Alrighty, guys, welcome back. Now, I want to talk a little bit more COVID-related stuff. I think we've had a, had a few <laughs> weeks of it, but that's what's happening. So, um, and my, my biggest one of my biggest concerns, being a behavioural vet, does uh, behavioural stuff. That um, that uh, there's a lot of owners, um, and I saw actually I saw a really good meme during the week that was uh, was a picture of um, was like a, a a puff piece and was dog saying owners shouldn't go back to work and cat saying that owners should go back to work so dogs yes. obviously dogs obviously thoroughly enjoying people uh, on on high home isolation or or lockdown or whatever it might be whereas cats are perhaps a bit more like home oh jeez yeah jeez i'd love some time to myself you know yeah. so i can sleep <laughs> so so i guess you know there's there is a big risk of dogs that um you know, that have had owners home for long periods of time or even, you know, a couple of months or so, depending on how long we're going to, wherever you are and how long we're going to stay in social isolation or lockdown or, or working from home. And there's a bit of a risk that when we eventually all go back to work, that some dogs that are maybe uh, had a, had a predilection for separation anxiety might uh, it might worsen when they go back to work or possibly even if your dog has never had a predilection for separation anxiety we do know that any change in routine can um, mean your dog can develop separation anxiety 
So I guess the first thing is to understand what is separation anxiety. So essentially separation anxiety or separation related to stress or whatever people want to call it these days um, is where your dog has, has a bit of a panic attack when they're left alone. Um, it can include things like a lot of pacing, uh, a lot of anxiety behavior, barking, distraction, you know, chewing up things often with owner's scent in them. So sometimes it's the bedding or TV mm. remote or something, something like Ooh. that's got a lot of owner's scent. Um, and also maybe toileting, you know, inside the house when they're normally really well toilet trained or potty trained, um, as they say in America. So, so any sudden changes, a return to work, return to school. One day our kids will go back to school, Robbie, hopefully. And that will be a wonderful day. It won't adjust. Um, so, so I guess I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, that, uh, that um, when life returns to normal for, for millions of dogs that are out there, um, you know, we need to be really mindful of, of the possibility of, of some, separation, um, some separation anxiety issues. So it is really good if you can try and establish a bit of a routine for your dog uh, that's going to be similar to when you return to work. Yes, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, uh, and um, you know, maybe, you know, allowing, giving, making sure your pet has some alone time where you are not sort of with them or cuddling them or right next to them all the time. And that may be as simple as putting them outside, you know, with a, a Kong, yeah. with some food in it or some, some aforementioned peanut butter off your forehead, wipe that off, put it on the Kong. Yes. And without the glad wrap, because scoop it off. That's right. Just rub the Kong on there and put the glad wrap in the bin. That the, don't let the dog eat the glad wrap because that can cause a fire. Okay, the glad wrap. Exactly. God, I hadn't even thought of that. Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe you can put them behind a baby gate or something like that, or even in a separate room of the house. Give them some alone time. Um, you know, leave the house if you can. Go out and and do your essential. Go and pick up yes. your pigeon pie from. Roxborough Park from Roxborough Park, yeah, and yes. leave leave the dog at home uh, with the peanut butter minus the uh, minus the Glad wrap or the Sarin wrap and, yep. uh, and and the Kong and and give them a bit of time on their own. Um, you know, go outside, do, do something outside away from the dog. Um, and but when you do depart, you've got to try and work out is your dog actually getting anxious when you're leaving? Because then no, no point going from a mm. um, five minute putting the bin out. You know, you know, doing my my bin isolation walk out out to put the bins out, and then coming back and going. Well, I'm not sure if the dog was anxious or not. Um, so you do need to perhaps time, yeah. yeah try and set up some some video system of some sort. Even if you just go out and leave uh, leave your iPad on Skype or or Zoom, and you're watching the dog and just seeing how they're behaving when you leave. And then you can of course buy specific security cameras. I've got a a D Link one that that I've bought. Uh, it's quite economical for um for watching Olive and also just for uh for market research really. So there's a quite yeah, quite right. a good quite a good uh, motion activated sort of D-Link one that, that, that uh, not that we're sponsored by them, but if you're listening D-Link, we are <laughs> always looking for, uh, for some input, aren't we? It is, is it called market research when you set it up on your back fence though, mate? <laughs> Very good. Yeah, set, it up in the, the backyard. set it up in the Airbnb. That's not on. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah out, out of the air vent. Yeah, that, that's some odd market research there. Yeah. Uh, Daddy, why does my smoke detector blink funny? <laughs> no reason. No reason. No, 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 no. The teddy, the, the teddy bear's got a funny the, – the teddy bear's eyes keep moving in and out, in and out of focus, Daddy. What's oh, going on? We did watch Meet the Parents last night with uh, oh, where, right, where he yeah. sets up the, the camera <laughs> inside the, the teddy bear, the, the, oh, in, yes, the, yes. in the teddy bear. Um, but also we, we, I've been using the camera, believe it or not, with homeschooling. Just so I've got one child that likes to do homeschooling while they're on Zoom with their teacher, but on their screen they're playing games. So I've managed to, in another room. So I've managed to use that as a bit of just, oh, hang on a sec. I think someone's playing games there. I might go and check on them. So there's oh, another use wow. for, your, for your camera as well. <laughs> so. Um, as well, you know, start doing some training stuff where you're reinforcing calm behavior with your dog. Maybe sending them to their mat for some treats or some food rewards to relax on their mat away from you, separated from you. 
um, and, and, and rewarding them for being relaxed, or lying down, sleeping, you know, throwing a treat when they're calm and relaxed on their mat um, and making sure if you're having departures that you're increasing them gradually over time if your dog's got some anxiety issues. So yes, it might be out to put the bins out for a minute, come back, you know, uh, all good. Next day it might be for two minutes. You go out, walk down the street a bit, come back again, just gradually increasing the length of time that, that your, your departure because you don't want to be going from zero to 10 hours a day when you're suddenly sort of sort of go back to work and i guess if you're finding on the videos that your dog is showing some anxiety issues like you are with with your pets starting them on some zilkine some nutraceutical zilkine uh it's an anxiety lowering medication sponsor of the podcast so um so really important to you know to get them started early on that at least a couple of days before you think of changing the routine Maybe getting some Adaptil, the pheromone that uh, that's also helpful for mild anxiety problems. Comes in a plug-in-the-wall diffuser, um, but also as a, as a collar that you, your dog can wear. Or Feliway for your cats. Um, it can help with some anxiety stuff stuff as well. Um, so so make sure you use those um, early on, so the dog doesn't associate them being given to them. Perhaps you know, right when you're going back to work. So, so make sure you start, start those early on. But if your dog is really showing dog or, or cat is really showing some anxiety signs with, with you departing, um, um, you know, talk to your vet, get some help. If, if you think yep. things, things, think things are really bad, the Zilkin's not hitting the spot. Um, you know, have a chat to your vet and we can talk about, you know, maybe getting a consult with a, with a, a behavior vet or someone with interest in behavior or maybe even considering some short-term medication because most dogs probably when they return, when you return to work will have a period of being disrupted and that probably will settle down within a week or so. If mm. it seems to be really, really full on and there's lots of destruction your dog's really upset, a lot of howling, a lot going on, which you'll see on the video that you got, um, then it's important to get some help early and get it quickly before it becomes too much of an issue. A, a question without notice, mate. Um, if would you say that um, the the level of signs shown would be an indication of yeah I've really got to find some help or no hang on we might let we might ride this out and see whether or not it gets better yeah so if you've got a dog that is just only showing very mild signs yeah it's just pacing around a little bit but that's all it's doing would that be something where you go well let's let, let's ride this one out and see what's going to happen versus hang on we're seeing an escalation in behavior the pacing has turned into destruction which has turned into escapism you know would that be a, a thing or if you're seeing that that progression of clinical signs that that's going to increase your urgency to try and look for some help uh definitely any escalation yeah definitely i'll be you'd be getting getting some assistance because it it's if it's escalating it's not going to get better it's just going to keep escalating if it's a real mild sort of you know where maybe your dog has a little bit of a bark for the first minute or so while you leave and then they seem to settle down for you know generally the next 20 minutes or so or you know however long you, you're sort of watching them then you probably go, all right, they probably settle down. But yeah, if you, if you first day it was bark for a minute, second day we bark for five minutes, third day we bark for ten minutes. Well, yeah, that's that's definite escalation. So, you know, don't don't hold off too long if 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 you do see an escalation in the signs. And and uh, interesting, there's a, a case I saw where it was a staffy that had uh, some separation anxiety, and these owners called me out to their home, and they had a dog that had been escalating for such a long time that it got to a point where it was trying to get into the house every time and it actually had chewed through the uh the laundry back door and while it was chewing through the laundry back door somehow the washing machine had be uh, turned over or flipped over on its side and then actually started chewing through the metal of the washing machine in through into wow. the the um the internal drum of the washing machine to actually get back inside to to, to be with the owners who weren't actually at home so don't oh, let it yeah. get that severe. The um the amount of blood that no. was around for after that was terrible. Dog lost a couple of teeth. It was it was severe. So certainly don't let it get yeah, to, to, to that sort of state. So we're talking early on, obviously. Any escalation, yeah. contact your vet, have a chat to someone who can help you. 
For sure. So that's good. The great advice. Um, so if, uh, if you've got any other questions or anything like that, that you would like to, uh, to have answered, uh, why not shoot us an email? You can shoot us an email at uh, two vets, talk pets at gmail.com. You can find us at patreon.com search for two vets, talk pets. If you want to sling us a little cash, if you, if you got, got some, uh, spare, you know, if you don't, if you don't have any spare money, but if you do $2 a month, you can get access to the, to the bonus episodes, to the, uh, to the Q and a sessions. Um, otherwise have a look for us on Facebook, uh, have a look for us on the Instagrams and, uh, otherwise that's, uh, that's about it, isn't it? And have a look for Christina on Instagram with a sourdough and, uh, uh, her next batch is coming out. I can smell it coming out of the oven now. <laughs> smells amazing, yeah, well, that, mate. That, that might be the smell of the peanut butter I've been smearing all over myself. I'm getting ready to run down the street and try and start trimming some dog's nails at the off-league dog park. <laughs> Uh, uh, fantastic. And a big thank you to Dr. Warren McInnes, uh, who's a uh, who's, uh, big, big input to the show. Thank you, Warren, at Advanced Vet Care, <laughs> who's looked after Wally today. And, uh, and meant that yes. I could record a podcast with, with Robbie over the airwaves. Alrighty, guys. Happy days. Happy days. Scratch you later. Peace out. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.